Should we pop open one of those bottles, bro? Let's do it. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Sipping Mimos. Sipping Mimos. Yeah, I just cannot handle caffeine anymore. We we've been making cold brew. Oh yeah, like like on your own. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I got I got my girlfriend uh, a cold brew maker. It's really cool. It's like it got off Amazon and basically you put like scoops of the coarse coffee grounds, mm-hmm. then you just leave it for like overnight up to well. Oh, up to twenty, up to thirty-six hours. If you really want to mess with, mm-hmm. if you really, <laughs> yeah, cold, cold brew's got like more caffeine in it yeah. because it soaks. Like I go to Airbnb and I can't even fuck with their cold brew anymore because they leave it for like thirty hours. Really, it just <laughs> knocks my socks off. Yeah, I can't hang at all. I remember like we, we made we made the first round and it did like we took took it out. You know how when you know you have something in water and you're like, oh, that's a lot of that's a lot of liquid. Uh-huh. But you take it out and it goes like, oh, of course. Actually, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she was like, well, actually, you know, we'll have to dilute that because it's so strong. Yeah, I guess you could always just do that. Yeah. And I was like, what? And so we mix it with water and a little bit of milk, and it's been good. But it nice. is a lot stronger. I need a French press. Oh, it's one of those. I love French. I used to have two like little ones, but I lost it. I seem like uh, those like little mugs where you can like do it. It's like a mini French press, but mm-hmm. it's just in a mug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah, those college all nighters, man. I remember those. We would go like days without sleeping until we like started hallucinating and shit. <laughs> Went to art school, so like some people work real quick, and some people work like you know days and hours on the same thing. You know, uh, it's just. You know. What was the art school experience like? I went to four years of art school. Uh, it was, it was. I don't know. It was like a, it was a dry campus. I didn't really drink, anyways. But like, I don't know. My my friends were just movie nerds, and we would just watch crazy, crazy movies all the time, and then draw uh, and paint all the time. <laughs> uh, it was it was cool. Um, really brutal professors and stuff. Uh, you know, you gotta develop pretty thick skin after a while because like I had a teacher that wouldn't like pull paintings off the wall and throw them on the ground and oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> which is brutal because you know when you're a kid you, your mom puts it on the fridge so everyone can see you know but he's like yeah. that's, that's not my medium yeah, uh, yeah. that's not my medium okay yeah <laughs> it's right yeah yeah <laughs> oh I got it um, yeah render better yeah <laughs> but I like my uh, like figure painting classes and all that that was really cool yeah. What was your like? What was your preferred? Did you like doing digital? Like, I was an illustration major, so I did a lot of uh, pen and ink stuff, and then painting portraits and stuff like that. Okay, was my thing. And then my thesis was uh, a graphic novel. Oh. Yeah. I, mean, I remember you told me about this. Yeah, the adventures of Margot and Espresso Boy. <laughs> and I, I put a, together a DJ mix that went with the story. All this. So you could listen to music while reading the book. I remember I, I got it printed all nice and stuff. I wonder if I have one that I think not anymore. Like I ordered a, like thirty of them for our big like you know senior senior show. I got a big box, opened it up, 
sat there in the mail room, read it all the way through, and then hated it. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I hate this. <laughs> it's just, you know, that creator's remorse kind of thing. Um, but it, it, it was a fun time, fun time. Um, you talk about creators from there. I remember I was living in San Antonio. I would stay up all night and just like record music. And I remember being, at the time, you know, like 20 or so, 1920. And I remember being so proud of this like piece of work. And like I, <laughs> a couple of years ago, I made a, a Jake Drungle's Greatest Hits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I, 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 it's something like the, I remember the most like pretentious like uh, title is like, you know, a Journey Through Time, Jake Rumble's Greatest Hits, Volume 1, colon, <laughs> The Beginning. <laughs> That's not pretentious at all. <laughs> and I remember being so proud and like going back and listening to it and being like, oh man, like, did you have to put all that reverb on it? Like, oh, you- oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I remember like, you know, messing around and like, uh, trying to put together DJ mixes in my little dorm and then like, uh, I think for like a poetry class I put together like a, a little EP of weird sounds and stuff like that but you know I listen back to it and it's like oh boy real dense uh, <laughs> music and stuff but what else is new man? Uh, nothing really been watching anything good? Uh, I watched all of Shit's Creek what'd you think? Uh, loved it isn't it wonderful? huge fan yeah way into it it's really good Oh boy, yeah. It's <laughs> I don't know. Like so before I before I is it Levy Levy Eugene the I don't know Levy Levy Eugene Levy, Levy. Eugene Levy. I think <laughs> yeah I don't Johnny know. Rose yes <laughs> right you know he I've seen him my entire life he's yeah. always like he he's always like um, been like like a very incredible just like um, supporting. Supporting here, like a lot of like Steve Martin movies, yeah, and uh, what's the guy that does all that did? Uh, like I did Spinal Tap and like Waiting for Guffman and Destin yeah, Show. Yeah, uh, he's really good. Yeah, he's a guest. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Eugene the, Johnny Rose is really good. Destin <laughs> Show when they're talking about it's like I have two left feet, you know. Like he's like, no, I actually do have two left. He's got literally two left feet. Oh, it's it, awesome. I, I, it's so... The only other, like, starring role I can remember... Did you ever see Armed and Dangerous with John Candy? No. Oh, my God. I don't think so. It's like they're both they're both cops, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's John Candy, and he's just mm-hmm. the best. And but Eugene, Eugene Levy? Levy? <laughs> Eugene L. Yeah, Eugene L. Okay, so. <laughs> we'll never get to the bottom of it. Uh, they are... Um, he's his partner. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and they're just so good together but I mean it was so cool to see him kind of like as a as the primary character because he's amazing nice man John Candy we watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles like every year at Thanksgiving I cry every time like that you've seen it? my wife likes me oh god yeah I, my life. Oh god, it's so awful. Surprise, Kevin Bacon cameo in that movie. Yeah, at the beginning when yeah. he's run for the cab. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, not he. Uh, uh, Eugene Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, like I yeah. mean, David. She's got that weird accent. How can you take on another baby? <laughs> have you have you seen those like the Buzzfeed list where they're like. 
you know, she had no idea what, like, what her accent was going to be yeah, until, yeah. like, the, the first scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love Captain Marvel. Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, Home Alone. She's the mom in Home Alone. Beetlejuice. I was never a Beetlejuice kid. Uh, I think it was... <sighs> <laughs> Big fan. A second favorite movie of all time. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, my niece, uh, I guess, had a really bad uh, experience with Beetlejuice because, like, oh, no. my sister thought, oh, she'll love this. And then it's kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> my, I guess my niece had, like, nightmares. <gasps> yeah. She's like, their face faces opened up and they had faces inside them or something. Some of the puppets freaked her out. Man. Yeah. I, were you ever, like, a Wee fan? Not really. I, I I remember seeing that like that that the movie with the large Marge character mm-hmm. and she and like that's a lot of that's like you see a lot of that in Billy Juice and that stuff freaked me out. But I could I I can handle Billy Juice, but that large Marge, no thank you. That was terrifying. I remember Gremlins scaring the hell out of me as a kid. And it, yeah, I think it was, but I look back, I just it was the bubbles like when they get wet or whatever, and like they bubble up. Yeah. It's because I have that tachophobia thing with like the, a fear of like circles. Oh, <laughs> and, like, is it cavities? Like, and, is ooh. it trip trip to T- uh, trip? Yeah, symphobia. Yeah. Symphobia. Oh man, don't Google it. <laughs> it is horrifying. <laughs> like I think it's what freaked me out. Remember when kids' movies were scary? Man, Labyrinth and like Never Ending Story was. It's pretty scary. I never saw Labyrinth. You've never seen Labyrinth? Uh huh. With David Bowie? Oh my god, dude. He's the gra- he's the Goblin King. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you would love it. I need to see it. Is you're, it. you're a Bowie fan, right? But Jennifer Connelly. Who is the... Is it Jim Henson, too? He did the puppets? Yeah, for sure. I love for it. Sure. So, I'm a huge Henson head. That's why I got this current tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Everyone, I, I just lifted up my shirt to reveal a huge Kermit the Frog tattoo. Like, on my full, full chest. <laughs> yeah, pretty wild. Uh, have you seen anything? Hmm? Have you seen anything? Seen anything new? Did you ever see Uncut Gems? No. I haven't seen it. So good. Are you going to watch the Oscars? It's tomorrow. Um, prob- <laughs> probably not. I I don't know. I, I I want Rocket. I want the original song for Rocket. Oh, I saw Rocket Man. Oh, okay. Did you like it? Loved it. I haven't seen it. I don't think I like biopics. This one's, this one's different. Mm-hmm. I've never seen one quite like this one. It's like a full-on musical. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And the guy that uh, the guy that played Elton John is just—he's so good. And he's, yeah, he, he like yeah. sings and Taron Egerton. I think. Yeah, he's the Kingsman dude. Yeah, yeah. He's really good. And I just—it just made me realize like how much I love Elton John. Sure, right on, man. And just—it's—I don't know—he he overcame so much. And he's just oh, so good. I couldn't recommend him more. Wow, right Okay, okay. Uh, you saw Joker. Mm-hmm. That's probably gonna sweep. I think. Yeah, he's been winning everything. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of got best actor in the bag, right? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think know who else would there. get it. Um, no, well, Leo's up for best actor, I think. But oh, I love. Once upon a time, man, I loved it. I want that to win best picture. But Joker will probably win. Yeah. Or what else is up? I mean, I'm... Uh, did you ever see Parasite? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Parasite for all of it. Uh, it's so fucking good. I want to see it, man. It's crazy good. It's crazy, crazy good. Yeah. That for best picture. All the way. Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, I don't know. Um, did you see, like, 1917? No. Um, buddy Tavis has been threatening to go see it with me, but nothing yet. I... I don't know. 
It, I mean, it looks gorgeous, but I didn't, I, haven't, I didn't really know too much about it. Right. It's, you know, I don't know. You gotta be in the mood for an awful war movie, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is it... I, I read somewhere it's, like, true story off of the director's... Sam Mend- Is it Sam Mendes? I think so. Mendes. Mendes? Mendes, Mendes. Who's the Levy, singer? Levy. Who's the... <laughs> who's the singer from... From... I think he's Canadian... Is that, uh, is that Sam Mendes? Oh, oh, I don't know. He's <laughs> dang! I kept thinking of his name. He he did. He's like dating Camila, Camila Cabello. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> who is that? She sings that Havana Una Na. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Damn it! What did I? Did I see it? I don't know. Oh, I always saw Weathering with you. It's like an anime movie by uh, Makoto Shinkai. Okay. He did Your Name. Your Name is really good. I can't recommend that enough. Your Name. Your Name. I just called it Your Name. Is it, oh, another, is it an anime? Another, uh, yeah, it's an anime. Yeah. Um, it's just absolutely gorgeous and really romantic and awesome. It's about this girl that can summon sunshine. Oh. Yeah. So it's probably a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's it's really crazy good. It's crazy crazy good. Um, do you, hmm, what? Shit's creepy. We've been watching The Outsider. Is that the? Wait, that's the Bateman one. Yeah, yeah. I hear that's really cool. Boner Town. Boner Town. Oh yeah, dude. For my most time about The Stranger. It's some show on. On Netflix about when you sit on your hand until it goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Am I starring in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Jake Jungle <laughs> Volume Two. <laughs> I guess it's about some some lady that fucks with a small town or something like that by telling everyone their secrets or something. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's, not, it's supposed to be cool. Yeah, the outsider is really cool. Um, Bateman. It's really good in it, and he directed the first two episodes. What was the other show that he won an Emmy for? Ozark. Ozark, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Uh, I started that one. I never finished it. It was super intense. Yeah. Um, I want to get back into Better Call Saul. I never watched Better Call Saul. There's like six seasons of it out already. Um, loved Breaking Bad, of course, but uh, I just didn't want to dilute how good that was. Did you see El Camino? I loved it. The Jesse movie? I didn't see it. It was good. It's good. It was like a nice little like you know how, like you know how like sometimes when you go to a to a nice restaurant and after you eat they bring you like some like sorbet <laughs> to like you. Know? Okay, I see where you're going. All right. I like it. It was a nice sorbet. A little too. palate cleanser. Yeah. Okay, great. Like, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I, I call it the bow. You know, like uh huh. It was like Breaking Bad perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. And then perfect. El Camino would just be like ah. Tied a little bow and okay. then you send it off. Is there a uh, uh, Walter White cameo? Didn't I tell you? No, don't tell me. <laughs> no, don't. I want to know, but I don't. You should t- tell me, but don't. Don't tell me. Don't. Don't do it. Um, I will say um, there are a lot of a lot of surprises. Okay. Does he uh, meet up with his old dealer buddies? Uh, Badger and... Yeah, Badger. Is it Stinky... No, Stinky Pete's... 
Sneaky Pete's the prospector from Toy Story. It's Sneaky Pete. Sneaky Is Pete. it Sneaky? I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, I just remember Badger with the with the voice. He's got the raspy voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were watching uh, Gilmore Girls. Sure, Gigi. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, um, it's it's the Thanksgiving episode, mm-hmm. and so the. Um, my girlfriend will literally kill me if I don't get their names right. Lorelai. <laughs> Lorelai, yeah. And Rory. Well done. Is it Rory? I think so. Yes! Okay. They're going to four, uh, four Thanksgivings. <laughs> and oh, boy. They go to Melissa McCarthy. Is it Melissa McCarthy? Uh, maybe. From, like, Bridesmaids? Yeah. Okay. Um, Jenny McCarthy's sis- uh, cousin. Oh, how about that? Uh, and Interesting. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> and the guy who played Badger is there at the Thanksgiving. Uh, it's like a, I guess it's like a white trash Thanksgiving, uh-huh. quote unquote. And he's there. Uh, the girl that plays Rory is that the the daughter? Yes, uh, Alexis Bidel. Right, oh, right. Well done. Okay, we're just dropping names all over the place. Um, I'm a huge Sister of the Traveling Fans fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you had that other tattoo. This is. <laughs> It's been. I, I just we. Uh, it's been. <laughs> it's been fun watching that because like it's one of those shows where I've, I'd always like heard about it, you know, like just kind of like in pop culture. Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of like getting to see, getting to see like what it's about. This is the snappy dialogue. Like I remember it came out. Like I grew up watching, a, you know, probably too much Family Guy. Mm-hmm. And there's that one scene where the, it's like the, it's actually the, the actual actri- uh, actors. Um, I remember this. Yeah, and she's just like, "Do you want to eat? No, you want to eat because you're fat. Why? You want to make out? No, you totally do. Me too." And they start making out. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I never like, I never. I was like, oh, okay, like Gilmore Girls. Like, you know, one of these days, kind of like Cheers. Uh huh. You know, it's just kind of like, it's just. So it's, it's like um, it's got such a dedicated fan base, and so we've been watching yeah. a little bit of it. And for sure, I remember like a, an old roommate of mine was really into it, and I couldn't watch it because it gave me like a panic attack because they talk so fast. Is it real like real snappy? Just back and forth. I'm like, they need to slow down. This is freaking me out. It's kind of neat because Rory's boyfriend, um, not not my not Milo. Think about it because remember this doesn't matter at all. This is <laughs> not the guy from This Is Us, Milo, um, but the, her other boyfriend, the one li- his name's like Jared Padalecki. Oh. He, lives, he lives here in Austin. Oh, really? And he's a fellow San Antonian. Oh, right on. Sounds. There's a few like random Austin celebs that just show up at bars and stuff. I've I've heard. I've heard pray tell of Taylor Kitsch hanging yes. out on South Lamar. Have you ever yeah. seen him? No, but uh, he's John Carter of Mars. Um, he's, ta- he, he's Tim Riggins. Oh, is that Friday Night Lights? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he shows up at Lavaca Street all the time. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. Our friend is a bartender there, and she every time she he pops in, she's like texting everyone, like I'm gonna make a move. I would, I, I would die. I mean, I love, I love Taylor Kitsch. He's, he's the best. I saw Elijah Wood at Weedsville one time. He he has a studio here. He's got a oh, he's got like a nice house on Mary Street. Mar- really? Yeah. Right where that Bolden Creek Cafe is. Yeah. He's, he lives right across the street. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's got a new movie out. It's called like Come to Daddy or something. Like yeah, that, it's supposed or? to be really fucked up. 
Really? I like how that kid works, man. He like just has all that Lord of the Rings money. He's like, I can do whatever I want. So I just, I'm just going to make a bunch of weird shit. That's cool. Who's the, I saw someone else that was like that, where they like, they starred in like, you know, this like epic series, multiple movies, and then they just... Well, Daniel Radcliffe is that's doing cool. that. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you see Swiss Army Man, dude? I, I'm, no, but I remember you showed me... Who did the, the music for it? It was... Yeah. Um, oh, the guy from what band? Oh, God. I'll have to look. I swear. My sin, not My Sin Man. My Sin Man. Um, oh, Sigur Rós. Is Sigur Rós on there? This is the episode where we can't pronounce... Yeah, we're having <laughs> a really is, is it rough Ross time. Or... <laughs> Sigur Rós. Rós. Um, but Swiss Army Man, it's like... Uh, oh, man. Song. Let's say song. But it's like... Like the instruments are they're just like yeah it's all voiced yeah it's, uh, the, the uh, Manchester Orchestra Manchester Orchestra um, oh Andy Cole the oh, I love him montage is the song that's like amazing and it's like woo with all the claps and all that and it just describes what they're doing in the montage in the movie like we found a creek we're now we're running around and hunting and like it's crazy um, side note Manchester did you ever did you ever jam them. Um, just that, just that soundtrack. I have a lot of friends um, that absolutely adore that band, and they're re- really, really good. Um, he's got a side band called Bad Books. Bad, that sounds familiar. With this others uh, other singer songwriter named Kevin Devine, and uh, it's really, really good. The guys. <laughs> The name situation on this episode. Is I'm like, be. I'm, I, you know, <laughs> we'll have like a, a list in the. the I'm the one show notes in, and I'm like, all the names we <laughs> and how to spell them or how to pronounce them, right? Uh, people, uh, uh, gentle listeners at home, like you can't see, but I'm like patting myself on the back right now because I'm somehow remembering all these names. One memo in, so. <laughs> one half a memo. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, um. You seen? You went to a show the other night. Oh yeah! How was that? So backstory: I had cla- so I bought tickets for Dashboard Confessional, twentieth mm-hmm. anniversary tour. I love. We'll probably get around to them eventually, right? Do they have a pretty big nineties presence, or is it? Are they more of the aughts? They're early. I think that maybe like the the first one came out in two thousand. Uh oh. Okay. Um, so if you want to do like a special edition, early we can do this. <laughs> we can call it. We can, we can call it Cotton the Ots. Cotton the Ots. Uh, yeah, we'll have a episode five. We run out of nineties <laughs> albums. Just go. I've already got my. I've already got my album for next week. I've been thinking about mine. I'm so excited about to tell yeah. you. Okay. It's kind of like spills in from from this week's album. But don't worry, I'm not gonna make you listen to another super dark new metal album. I'll tell you this. Corn is not morning music. Uh, I listened to it this morning. I'm like, God damn! It's Sh- should we get into it? You want to? Should we start with corn? We can start with corn. All right. I didn't take many notes or anything, but God damn, this band! All right. So I remember them from uh, you know high school and all my angsty friends and all this. Um, uh, um, so corn self-titled. My, my album this week was Corn Self-Titled. Yeah. Uh, released October 1994. So it just celebrated its 25th anniversary last year. Mm-hmm. Um, produced by Go on. Sir Ross Robinson, who also went on to produce um, Long Island's Glassjaw. Oh, I know Glassjaw. Remember Glassjaw? Yeah. Okay. 
uh, El Paso, Texas at the drive-in. Okay. Who went on to form Mars Volta. Yeah. I like some Mars Volta, man. That's cool. And then a band that, you know, needs no introduction, Slipknot. <sighs> Amongst many That's the one with all the masks, right? Yeah. A little guar influence there yeah. or something? Okay. Uh, so yeah, this band, this band of corn. I remember them being a big deal, like in high school and all that. My friends liked them a lot. Um, and I remember like being really into like I like their bass. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy bass. Crazy. It's bonkers. They're playing it like a kick drum. It's yeah. and it feels like a kick drum. And production is nuts. Like it's they're really just playing the hell out of this thing. And I liked uh, what's the lead singer's name? Davis. Uh, Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis. Yeah. Um, I liked his kind of uh, scat thing he does. Like, blah, 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 blah. oh, question about him: Who hurt him? <laughs> Why is he so upset? So you know, uh, that's really one of the main. It's really one of the main themes of the album. You know, the album yeah. really centers, uh, centers. You know, the themes are like you know, drug use and addiction, and you know, there's a lot of bullying. There's a song called the F word, and not the not the fun one. So. The, the backstory on that: Jonathan Davis grew up, and he was a huge Duran Duran fan. Okay, which okay, you know, which is interesting because it doesn't really like you can't really hear that a lot in Corn, uh-huh. in but he loved Duran Duran. Interesting, and um, you know, Duran Duran, you know, famous for you know being you know you know being very um, kind of like Bowie, very Bowie influenced, flamboyant, flamboyant, if you will. Yeah, sure. Um, and so he would, you know, he, he was a known Duran Duran fan in in, um, in his high school, uh, and he faced a lot of bullying because of that. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And was the, um, I, from what I understand, that song, you know, uh, the F word song, yes, is is about that. Right. It's about his experiences of being bullied in high school. Right. The, the album gets darker and darker as it goes. It, it seems to it be. Does yeah. It's a. I mean, I think I let me see what I wrote. I put like it's it's super it's a dense album and it's it's just yeah dark. Um, like towards the end, he's, he seems to allude to a lot of like sexual assault. Yeah, um, he Jonathan Davis is always like he's been very like very like vocal about his experiences of you know being. Um, of suffering, you know, abuse as, yeah. a, as a child, and yeah. the closing song, "Daddy." Yeah. Uh, that, Goodness gracious! I mean, it's when they were recording it. Ross Robinson, you know, Jonathan was doing his vocals, and the band was playing live. Mm-hmm. And Ross, Ross Robinson signaled the band to just keep on going because uh-huh. you can tell that Jonathan Davis was having this like moment. Wow, how about that? That's why it's kind of long. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And so he's having this like just emotional. You know, incredible like in a moment, and something's coming out of him that needs to Caught on tape, and I was reading. I read an interview. It was like a. It was like Revolver. dot com. You know. You hear that? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, please. It's the feedback from our seven string guitars um, <laughs> yeah. that we have in the studio right now. Yeah. Um, that they, they uh, that he said that after they finished recording the song. And this like extended outro, like that the band just all broke down and like, wow. consoled him and hugged him and wow. So I mean, clearly a talented dude. I mean, yeah, wow. Uh, he worked as a mortician before joining Corn. Of course he did. And like yeah, like 
I was reading same article like on on Revolver. Which, did you ever read Revolver growing up? The magazine. I probably loved Revolver, dude. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I would buy a lot of uh, Herb magazine. <laughs> yeah. <right? coughs> Wrong type. Herb. Yeah. Yes, herb. Is that like a high times thing or no? <laughs> that's uh, that's that's herb. Oh, <laughs> this is herb, like U R B, as oh. in urban music. Oh, but, but mostly like uh, dance music and hip hop and stuff. Oh, cool. And I would buy like imported magazines called like Mix Mag, which is just like it's it's DJ bullshit. But um, yeah. Right. So corn. Um. Yeah. So he worked as a mortician. Um, the band used to be called original name was LAPD. I'm so happy they changed it. Interesting. Why would they? Hmm. Okay. Did it stand for something else? I think it may, it may have kind of like. Remember they had that song like uh, on that Life Is Peachy the second album. Oh, so spoiler. Corn was my favorite band growing up. Okay. I loved Corn so much. T- tell tell me about discovering Corn. <clears throat> I was always really into. Uh, Growing up, uh, you know, I listened to a ton of, like, my parents loved disco, so mm-hmm. loved disco. Um, my mom was really into, like, alternative music, like R.E.M., mm-hmm. um, so I remember R.E.M. and, like, she had two cassettes in her car that I remember. It was, like, R.E.M. and, like, Bob Seger's Greatest Hits, mm-hmm. and I stole them both. Sorry, Mom. Um, but I remember Corn. my cousin, we would go to my cousin's house for Christmas every year, Christmas Eve, and I walked in and talking about magazines earlier, there was like Circus Magazine mm-hmm. and Hit Parade. Hit Parade, okay. Which I believe they started off like, those started off as kind of like uh, magazines geared towards like, you know, like like rock and roll. But as rock and roll started changing, they started covering Slipknot, Korn, mm-hmm. Cold Chamber, all these, yeah. you know, new metal bands, you know. <clears throat> and my cousin had all these posters of these guys on the wall, guys and girls. And uh, I saw, I remember seeing a picture of Corn and being like, wow, like, that. who's that? You know, like, why is the R backwards? Yeah. You know? Mysterious. I think it was so cool. And then um, cousin, my cousin David, excuse me, he introduced me to um, that first album. It was Shoots and Ladders, the one with the bagpipe intro. Yeah. There's randomly just bagpipes. Yeah. And then there's a weird like samples and stuff like that. And then one one song starts up and it's it's a drum machine. I was like, interesting. And then it just, you know, of course, devolves into wildness. Yeah. But yeah, the bagpipes. And I just like, <clears throat> I've never been, I've like, I, I, me, I, I tend to be like a lyrics first, ly- lyrics last guy. Oh, uh-huh. Me too. Um, the music is what grabs me and yes. it's like what I gravitate towards and uh, I think like like honestly Korn's got like the their beats and like their guitars like they're they're heavy yeah. as, as all get out but they're like groovy and like almost funky in a lot of ways especially with Fieldy's bass like you were talking about earlier yeah the bass is bonkers uh, and the drumming is interesting because they roll that snare a lot yeah it's like uh, interesting it's like David Silveria um, on the drums he was just I think he while, while like a really you know fantastic drum he was like almost like a he would just create beats almost like a, I guess mm-hmm. what drumming is but it's like hip hop beat because the band was really into hip hop yeah you know and yeah. they kind of like incorporated like the hip hop element in with like these like 
you know, heavy guitar riffs. I mentioned it earlier, but um, Head and Monkey, the two guitars in Corn, are famous for uh, are famous for playing seven string Ibanez guitars. Yes. So uh, why? <laughs> Like, does that work musically? I don't understand how... It just adds it, like, a lower end, you know? So, is it basically just another uh, same string, but they pitch it down? Yeah, like, it's a... I think, so the top on a regular guitar... Are two of the strings the same? No, I think it's, like, a lower string. Uh, Which, I'm like, I should have researched this more, but it's just that... So, it's, like, an E string, and then it's, like, whatever one is lower than that. Right, but is there... Musically, is there a lower... (laughs) I don't know. It might be E, maybe. <laughs> I'm a little ignorant to the two, uh, you know. Maybe it's another B word. string? Like, wouldn't it be another string and they just pitch it? I don't know. Yeah. It, it, maybe you're... I think but like, mathematically, does it work? Yeah. I mean, another one... I think another guitarist famous for seven string is, like, uh, Steve Vai. Okay. From the Age of Jersey Crossroads, if Ralph Macchiano. No. Uh, it's like this like 80s guitar movie oh it's uh, not the Britney Spears one because <laughs> I've seen that it's the one where Britney Spears shreds yeah guitar, yeah Street guitar. <laughs> oh my god I want to see that movie it's it's a badass movie like so um, Steve Vai plays the devil's guitar player and they have he has a guitar guitar duo with the karate kid and like yeah. they play guitar with each other it's awesome cool um, but yeah like it's just like those drum beats, that slap bass with these heavy guitars, and like Jonathan Davis's like, you know, highly emotional lyrics. Yeah, yeah. You know, came to form this like new heavy emotional type of music that you know I don't think a lot of people had like really you know heard before. I mean, certainly not in the in the mainstream. I think, um, and it's what. Kind of birth new metal. Yeah, who are who are like? Are they like the Godfathers of the new metal sound? Pretty, pretty much. Is there anyone before them? Um, I think like maybe like the emotionality of like Nirvana. Like Nirvana yeah. kind of like tapped into like emotional punk music. But there's nothing groovy about Nirvana. Like mm-hmm. you're not, you can't dance to it really. Yeah. Right. I mean, like with Corn. I mean, like it's it's heavy, but you can kind of you can kind of nod your head to it. It's like they're yeah. They're, they're, I don't know. It's it's what grabbed me as a kid. Like and like I said, like it wasn't until I was you know much older that I realized how like heavy those lyrics are. Yeah, you know that Jonathan Davis was writing. Um, and I actually when I, I in my research I, I learned that uh, so Baltum, my favorite song on the record. Which one is that? Um, the second one, the um, the one that's like Baltum. Yes. And someone's just like, oh, yeah. um, I think I like blind. I think like that opener is so killer with the symbols like, that's a that was a song that like solidified me and our friend Ruben's relationship. Oh, uh huh. He like started hitting a hi hat, just kind of like, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, and he just like, yeah. But then it's like, boom, boom, boom. You just hear that bass. Eight oh eight kind of bass. Yeah. Um but on Baltung, uh in John Davis in this interview he said that he recorded the lyrics while high on meth. Goodness. Are these guys in California? Yeah, Bakers yep. they're from Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Bakersfield, California, like known for like the Bakersfield sound, which was like 
back in the day with like Buck Owens and Merle Haggard. Okay. These like like super country guys, but like uh, famous for like kind of like incorporating like elements of like rock and roll into country, mm-hmm. but not full blown country rock. Okay. They're kind of like edgy country. Edgy country. Okay. And um, and then Buck Owens, Merle Haggard, Corn. <laughs> sure. And say that you can say those three names in the same breath. Um, but yeah, he he went out and uh, recorded those vocals while on meth. And then um, he said that he's he kicked the habit while on tour. Wow. And he slept. He said he slept for like four days straight in their RV. And uh, apparently, uh, which is wonderful, he's been clean for twenty years, alcohol, drug free. So. Good for him. Yeah. Is there a big drug culture in new metal, or is it more, uh, more like? Booze and stuff. I would think it would just be like booze and like cocaine, uh, weed maybe. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I don't really I feel like we would calm them down a bit. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I, Is that a weird question? I don't. No, I mean, I never really thought about it like that. I mean, but maybe it they didn't really. I didn't really find a lot about about that in in my research, but. I'm just um, curious. No, it's just there's a whole culture around it. Like I don't know, this you know makes me think of like uh, you know goth kids in high school and like I don't know uh, angst. There's just so much angst in it, and like yeah. it's very much like you know no one no one gets this and all blah blah blah. I think that's like I think that's what you know. I think it's what like you said like angst. Like I think it's what like made corn like connect with so many so many people myself included it's just you know these you had like you had like bands like Nirvana that were singing like you know you know very highly emotional music but with Mm -hmm. like almost like a punk rock you know music to it yeah and then you had you know heavy like metal which you know didn't really touch on the like emotional sides of things Mm -hmm. didn't really address like feelings of like you know abuse or or anything like that but when corn came along and really you know incorporated those themes into their music i think that's what really made them connect with a lot of their audience and what which really made them you know last for as long as they have how many albums did they put out oh gosh uh, i think over 10 over 10 mm-hmm. uh damn i mean we my girlfriend and I went to go see them last year, and that that's, the amphitheater was packed with people. Did they open with Blind? No, they didn't, actually. Because I, I feel like we talked about it before in another episode, but like I went and saw the Family Values Tour when I was... Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I was either freshman in high school or like uh, sophomore. But Corn clo- no, played right before, I think, when Biscuit closed it out, because whatever. But they, I vividly remember them opening with Blind, and like just... People losing their goddamn minds. Oh yeah, come on, forget it. Like that's the dopest way to start an album ever. That's great. It's like their album, their career, this like new metal movement. Yeah, you know. And I feel like new metal kind of like got kind of like corny. No pun intended. Huh? <laughs> uh, you know, but I think they're. I I I feel like people will look back thirty years from now on new metal and kind of view it as like. As like the '90s disco, hmm. Okay, you know, it's kind of like it's very. It had its own. It was a movement. It had its yeah. own. 
you know, it had its own lifestyle, you know, like, it, either you loved it or you hated it. Mm-hmm. You know? Did they have a lot of radio hits? Because some of the stuff you can't even play, like, but... I think, like, growing up, the ones I heard on the radio were most were, like, Blind, off that first album, off this album, uh-huh. and it's like Shoots and Ladders, and that's it. Yeah. After that, they started getting, like... With Life is Peachy, they did, um, they had Adidas, All Day I Dream About Sex. Uh-huh. Um, they had, that one came on the radio, and... What's, what's Freak on a Leash on? That's Follow the Leader. Okay. That, that was the one where they just went, like, new metal pop, I feel. Yeah, they kind of leaned into the pop thing a bit. That one, Ice Cube was on that album, like, with... That's cool. Uh, Fred Durst from Limp Bizkit. Yeah, like, and I think, like, Ice Cube went out on the Family Values tour, right? Maybe one of them, I don't know. Either, I think he may have gone out on 98, and then, like... Method Man and Red Man went off. Yeah, on, that sounds on ninety nine. Was Bromstein in one of them? Oh, hell yeah, they were ninety eight. <laughs> I remember like the, uh, I don't know if they were on the tour I saw, but they certainly didn't play Grand Rapids, Michigan. Like, and I think that <laughs> the thing they wanted to like went in their heyday and all that when Sensucht was out. Was out. Uh, but like people <laughs> rose up and got deeply upset because like, because they wanted to play yeah because it's a kind of a christian town oh uh, okay and someone caught wind of it and were denied but Manson played Marilyn Manson played there I uh, they're playing Rammstein is playing yeah San Antonio yeah uh, you know, are we gonna go? I mean, <laughs> should we go? I 100% <laughs> want to go to that show. I, I, I've never seen them live, but I've just heard it. I heard it's incredible. Yeah, like ridiculous, incredible. Yeah, last That'd be fucking fun, dude. <sighs> Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Woo. Oh man, that would be wild. Road trip to see. I like. <laughs> I just. I'm gonna grab. Okay. So ten albums they put out. I believe so. I'm gonna check my math on that. Are they still putting out music or just kind of touring around stuff? Um, they're still putting out music. They've like collab- they collaborated with like Skrillex a couple years ago. I could see that. That'd be interesting. It's really funny because like um, Skrillex came out and was like, "Yeah, I'm a huge." Oh wait, thirteen studio albums. Damn. Okay. Um, uh, Skrillex came out and was like, I, "You know, I loved Corn growing up." Did you hear that in his music? You know. Yeah. Sure. And um, even his kind of his style, he looks. They look. Yeah, he looks like Jonathan. And apparently, he had a seven string guitar growing up, and Corn asked him to join him on stage, and so he got to play with Corn. Wow! And I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> Living the dream. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, cheers, salute, sipping <laughs> mimos. Um. Just to, to close it up on, on the corn, I mean, uh, I think... Their ninth album, On the Cob. On the Cob. <laughs> I had to. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> their upcoming album, Popped. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of wrote like a little final note thing. Um, it's This record is by no means an easy listen. Um, it's dense and contains very disturbing themes that, you know, yeah. I feel some might find difficult to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, though, I do believe it's an important album for the 90s. Sure. Um, for the way it kind of changed the game for heavy music. Um, it opened the door for lyricists to include, you know, that level of raw emotion that was kind of missing, I feel. Um, and yeah, so I think it it's 
Listen with caution because it's yeah. it's very like at least, least at least just check out blind if if nothing else. Yeah, I would. I mean, for sure, blind, ball tongue, and shoot, shoots and ladders. Okay. It's those are those are my recommended. What are your final thoughts on this one? Final thoughts. Uh, it's intense, uh, but the musicality is undeniable. Um, uh, is this your favorite corn album? No, I I kind of go between Fall of the Leader and. Um, Untouchables. Oh sh- shit! I'm like second guessing myself now. <laughs> We're on our second memo. Sorry. <laughs> um, let me see. Untouchables. 2002's Untouchables. Right on. Okay. Um, so I kind of go between those two. Okay. Um, but no, this album is a close, close second or third for me. I mean, just yeah. This is like. It's made me feel like I'm in high school I'm getting uh, I'm leaving school or getting off of my job and the windows are rolled down and I'm just this is at 11 and I'm just rocking the hell out driving home I love that yeah it feels like that kind of alright well uh, we'll be right back with <laughs> yes. our discussion for the discussion of oh boy 1999's Surrender by the <laughs> Is it, Please get it wrong. Is it? Is it the Che Michael brothers? It's the Che Mike, the Che Michael brothers. Yes, it's a <laughs> soft Che Michael. Brothers. Oh boy! All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this because it's. I love it. Okay. All right. So I had Jake listen to. Chemical Brothers album Surrender and it has a special place in my heart I think it's my favorite Chemical Brothers album and probably in my top five albums of all time AOT? AOT <laughs> AOT uh, Jake what'd you think? I loved it Loved it? I, I Chemical Brothers is a name that I've heard you know for years Sure Yeah But yeah. I literally never had any like um Exposure to their music. I literally thought the Chemical Brothers were the Crystal Method for uh-huh. a long time. Mm-hmm. So when I listened to them, I was like, where's the name of the game? Oh, God. <laughs> We've been over this, but okay. <laughs> name of the game is not a good Crystal Method. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Remember when you DJed that birthday party at Ira Bean and, uh, uh-huh. and you played the Crystal Method song from Blade for me? Uh, wait. <laughs> the bum, what a bum, 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 That's actually uh, a. That's not Crystal Method. That's um. Oh fuck! That's actually a New Order remix of Confusion. New Order comes up in my discussion today. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> no, but you. Seven <laughs> It's called the Pump Panel Reconstruction Remix of New Order's Confusion. That's the bloodbath scene in Blade. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, you, you played it at Iron Bean, and then, like, I don't know how you did it, but you somehow pumped all that blood on the crowd. And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it was, we were outside, too. I had, I had blood sprinklers put was, in just for my birthday. I don't know how he did it, but it was it was his birthday, but truly it was a gift to us. And then all those vampires showed up. I know. That sucked. Hey! Oh, all right. Sipping me <laughs> I love that Sipping Me was just a like a period on the end of a dumb joke. So uh, tell yes. me tell me about how you tell me about your history with this album. Where did you find where did you discover this one? Well, uh I 
I believe my uh, I was pretty I got into electronic music um, mostly because my brother was into it and he would play me tunes every, in a while, every once in a while and uh, uh, he, one, one time he played me uh, a song called Block Rock and Beats and it's the opener for Chemical Brothers second album Dig Your Own Hole which is like uh, a, just a stone cold classic um, their first album was called Exit Planet Dust and that's real uh, real you know groovy but with some crazy dance floor stuff um, and it's another duo this will be a running thing with my albums it's always two dudes two brothers they're just two brothers uh, <laughs> so it's Tom and Ed and uh, I forget where they're from but um, they're kind of virtuosos with this kind of stuff they started out actually being called the Dust Brothers but that was already taken by the Dust Brothers, the producing duo that did like the Fight Club soundtrack. Oh, wow. And also, the Dust Brothers also famously produced Hanson's albums. They oh. wrote Umbop. Really? <laughs> but now that that's the Dust Brothers, but the Chemical Brothers, um, they started you know, making tunes and, you know, and DJing in clubs and stuff like that. And I guess famously, they were not very good DJs. <laughs> the Chemical Brothers? Yeah. But they could put out, they could put together tunes. Um, but they always had this kind of psychedelic vibe. Yeah, like there was always there's always something really melodic going on, mm-hmm. and pardon me, and like always something um, just kind of trippy about them. So I don't know if it was you know, the, the drugs or what, and the, but the, the culture there, like they really in, they put a lot of um, you know soaring melodies into all this all this stuff when when stuff like. Daft Punk was just banging away with like four on the floor they call it just you know four four beats bang 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 um, and the, but these guys put out uh, really wild stuff so this is their, their third album and there's a lot of uh, like there's guitars in it there's yeah. there's like uh, like a lot vocalists. of like acoustic guitar yeah I, I really connect with that yeah um, what, what thoughts I loved it um, so let's see Surrender um, Chemical Brothers, Chemical Brothers, uh, Tom Rallins and Ed Simmons. Tom and Ed uh, from the let's see, um, I don't want to, from the UK certainly. Yeah. Um, released June twenty first, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Um, I, on my notes, I have uh, the fire emoji, <laughs> just over and over and over and over again. That's all. Wow, that's, fantastic! That's, that's my I'm notes. So glad you liked it. <laughs> um, you, no. liked it, you liked it more than a homework, Daft Punk's homework. I feel like I connected with it more than I did with homework. Sure, um, and that might be just kind of like uh, my um, my tendency to kind of gravitate towards like more like melodic sounds. Yes, it's decidedly more m- musical than Daft Punk's early stuff. It, I'm a big I'm a big believer in like you know discovering certain bands where you are in, in life, and I think what I think that uh-huh. makes a difference. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm, I'm very been listening to a ton of Tame Impala, mm-hmm. and I hear and he's kind of like psychedelic, mm-hmm. very melodic. And I hear a lot of I hear a lot of the Camp Brothers in Tame Impala. Interesting, I like that. Um, okay. and that's it. Just kind of right place, right time for me. Excellent. Um, I I going through I looking at looking at my research. I didn't see that there was a lot of sampling done. Are these, do they like do their own kind of 
they use a lot of synths so like how did they it's it's very synth heavy um yeah I love so they're kind of making up their own sounds I love um, that yeah it's fantastic so the, yeah they were never really um <clears throat> I wouldn't call them like a very uh, sample heavy uh, production duo yeah um, I'm trying to find a track list so uh, one of the things I saw I saw a lot of really familiar names on the uh, guest vocalists yeah so I'll just go through them um, Let Forever Be oh god huh that's uh, Gallagher right the, I love that song it's a fantastic song have you seen the music video with the dancers woo God, I think it's is it Michelle Gondry that did it. It's the, oh, like, it's one of the most trippy, mind bending. They're videos. like I remember the like it's like mirrors and there's like yeah. several dancers and they pop yeah. their heads. It's nuts. Oh my god, it's awesome. That's uh, I I right away connect. I well, I love Noel Gallagher. I love his writing. I've, yeah, you know, like I love Oasis. So seeing his name on there, I was just like, wow. Um, I'm going through um, Hope Sandoval. Um, she sings on Asleep from Day. How lovely is that tune? It's gorgeous. It's so good. I wrote in my in my notes. I put like um, her her voice just sounds bonkers on this recording. Yeah. Um, her voice it's, it's so clear and just it just pairs so well with their with their production. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the keyboards and it makes me feel like waking up or like laying in bed on a Sunday afternoon with like your windows open and, this, and like the sun setting and kind of creeping in on your day it's just that's beautiful man I, lo- I really really connected with that one alright fantastic um so let's see uh Jonathan Donahue from Mercury Rev who I don't have a lot Mercury Rev yeah yeah uh, he's um, is he on Under the Influence wait which he's, he's on the last the last song oh uh, the Dream On one yeah yeah um, and then the big one that I was... I, I have one that I really hope you liked. Go ahead. Oh, the, the last one was Bernard Sumner. Oh, okay. From New Order and Joy Division. Oh, yeah, how about that? Okay. He's on, He's singing vocals on Out of Control. Out of Control. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking good. Okay, do you want to hear a little, ba- uh, little backstory on Bernard Sumner? Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so this is all thanks to you to the fine... Um, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Wikipedia. Sure. Uh, so Bernard Sumner uh, was co-founder of the band Joy Division. You know, love. Sure. Love will tell. Tell. <laughs> will tell. Tell us to part. Love will, <laughs> something like that. Will tell us apart again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and later went on to form uh, New Order. Uh, how does it feel? Mm-hmm. To treat me, they covered Orgy. Remember? Yeah, uh, yeah, they covered Orgy. <laughs> After um, Joy Division's vocalist, Ian, the the death of Joy Division vocalist Ian Curtis in right. 1980. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Bernard Sumner played guitar and also contributed keys to Joy Division um, before stepping into the role of frontman and guitarist for New Order. Um, one of my favorite, top, probably one of my top five favorite all time songs is New Order's True Faith. Wow, which one's True Faith? Um, Shit. It's the one that's... Uh, oh, God. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sing it. I used to think that the day would never oh. come. Us from American yeah. Psycho. Oh, my God. Forget it. God. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a jam. I, I absolutely adore that song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the other cool thing about Sumner is that he, alongside <laughs> another legendary British guitarist, Johnny Marr from The Saints... Okay. I'm sorry, from The Saints... 
Sipping Mimos from the Smiths <laughs> uh, formed the band Electronic in 1980. Are you familiar with Electronic? I'm not. Uh, so the most ungoogleable band. <laughs> I know. I had to go to like the fourth page. It's like having a band called Band. <laughs> um. So uh, electronic, they're kind of like really in- influential in terms of um, using sequencers mm-hmm. in-, in their music. I know we talk about sequencers a little bit with Daft da- Punk's homework last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but according to Wikipedia, uh, Sumner, had, Sumner had grown frustrated with New Order because they didn't really want to add sequencers to their music. Interesting. Um, so he started recording this electronic, you know, music, the electronic band music. Uh-huh. On his own, and called in Johnny Marr to contribute to it. Cool. And so they're very, they're considered very influential in that, All right. in that scene. So I thought that was really neat. And I can imagine how big a deal it was for the Chemical Bros to have this guy on their album. That must have been huge. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I was having so much fun researching. You really this. researched the hell out of. <laughs> Yeah, I feel ill-prepared. That was cool. I mean, because you know this stuff. I had literally had... I wanted to come into this with, like, something to say. Well, I, uh, you know, I was, I was so uh, clearly a huge Chemical Brothers fan, but they don't really, uh, like, flout, I guess, their, their vocalists or their guests and all that until, like, maybe later. But, like, but these early albums, you know, there's plenty of instrumental songs and, like, maybe one or two, like... Uh, Notable vocalists on like their first couple albums, and then this one they kind of went all out. Uh, favorite tracks? Um, I love Let Forever Be. Yeah, uh, I love awesome. Yeah. I love that one, The Sunshine Underground. Thank you. That's the one. That's the one I really wanted you to like. Woo! I loved it. That song is a beast. It's uh, the most beautiful thing. It's, a, <laughs> it's the, the longest song on the album. Yes, it's, it's a it's a monster. It's thirty seconds. It's like long as that. fuck, but it's gorgeous. It uh, so sample James Asher's another influential new world ambient music mm-hmm. uh, um, from the. Uh, I think he's from the no. No, he's from. I'm I'm tripping right now. Uh, Sipping Mimos. Sipping. James Asher. Uh, he worked with like Pete Townsend. Okay. Uh, um, he's really influential in like world music and stuff like that. Uh, his song. It samples his song Asian Workshop. Interesting. Yeah. Which I was just. I. Ninety nine. I should have like really looked into this, but. It. Let me see. I'm I'm cheating right now. I didn't include this on my notes, but. Um, I want to find that sample. Which 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 sample? It's on a song. It's on the song's called Asian Workshop, and it's off his 1981 album Abstracts. Okay, I wonder what which sample it is. Sunshine Underground starts with these beautiful like chimes, and it just kind of repeats and repeats, and it sort of kind of builds. And I think Jake knows this about me, but it goes. It starts with this slow beat, and then it goes to double time, which I'm just a sucker for. And I think it's um, just the most beautiful thing. There's a dress on the chair. I have a, I have a dress on on my on my kitchen table. I mean, we don't need it. There's no story behind it. I've been wiping my mouth on that this yeah, entire oh, yeah, time. Yeah, Why didn't yeah. you tell me it was gorgeous <laughs> dress? Uh, there's no story behind it. I promise. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. Um, it's mine. I like to feel pretty sometimes. I, I put the dress on and I listen to Sunshine Underground and I just twirl, just twirl and twirl and twirl. 
yeah, but like so it's like this march almost I don't know I got it in my head like because it's what it's a song I pop on all the time or like like late at night when I'm just having a cigarette outside and feeling down and it just lifts you up and I had this idea of where it, it sounds it's like a it's like a uh, it just doesn't it feel like people walking down the aisle at a wedding yeah. <laughs> I just does. I don't have it in my head I'm just being a hopeless romantic over here but but uh yeah it's an absolutely gorgeous tune I I, I adored that one yeah. um it it's funny you say that like um it's your favorite because I hear like you do this thing where on your like so if anyone doesn't know Elliot is a very talented DJ thank um, you yes uh, but when you do when you do your like outro you do this like it's like a it kind of it sounded you do this like drummer's like drums like that's very bad but uh but it it, that kind of sound reminded me of Sunshine and Ground, and, oh, cool. and I wonder if you got some influence from that, or um, absolutely, like uh, you know, um, these <laughs> with electronic music, it's often genre specific. Um, like there's there's house, there's tech house, there's techno, there's drum and bass, um, and like if you. It's kind of rare to find someone that doesn't fall into one of those categories and just do that. But isn't that kind of boring? Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's dudes that make trance music. There's guys that just do techno. But Chemical Brothers are a little bit just beyond that. They're just electronica, you would call it. Okay. Uh, they're just kind of their own thing. It's brought in. That gives them the ability to, to do whatever they want. You know, there, there's slow songs. There's fast songs. There's songs that go double time. And it's always kind of tricky with with duos like this, where because uh, when you, when you're DJing, um, often you're DJing a genre. Uh, like you're, oh, I'm I'm a, I'm a techno DJ, so I have to play uh, songs that are this tempo or in this range. And it was always fun for me to try to figure out ways to fit these tunes into a DJ set you know, for any, any given. Uh, BPM beats per minute I'm at so it's, it's fun to like got glint that's the uh, that was my boom, other, boom, that was my boom, boom, boom. woo and then it explodes into that psychedelic blah, the strings and all that oh, oh forget it forget it Jake <laughs> uh, yeah fun fact about this the vinyl release of this album it's you know it's a two piece vinyl set and the last track Dream On which is like this beautiful little closer um, on side side D of the album, you know, A B C D. Uh, the, the song ends and there's a locked groove. So like, <laughs> when your when your record runs out, you know, depending on your table, like the needle will pick up and move over. It's because it's run out uh, of the record. This one has it ends with a locked groove um, that just repeats the sample. Wow. So it's like, uh, it ends with this, uh, 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 and, uh, so on the vinyl release, it, the song just doesn't end. It loops that on the, on the, on the very end of the, of the wow, vinyl. Wow, that's cool. So your record just kind of doesn't end. And I think that's beautiful. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. 
That's really awesome. I didn't, I didn't know that. So your, your record's basically a spiral, right? Yeah. And like your needle's reading it. And then uh, when your spiral runs out, the record's done. But this one just kind of turns run in, run. turns into a... The spiral becomes a circle. And so your needle just loops. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what you call a locked groove. Do you, have, do you have this one on vinyl? I I I did. I think I lost it. Well, I was, I was going to say, I think they just... Well, this album just celebrated... Yeah. It's 20th anniversary last year. Yeah. I think they released it like a special edition, so... Yeah. Um, there, they, there is a, uh, a famous 30-minute version of Under the Influence. <laughs> it's just... Or, uh, sorry, I think it's Out of Control, actually. Or... Yeah, I forget which one. But, like, they put out this massive vinyl. It's just 30 minutes of this tune. Awesome. I, I thought, like, Music Response, the opening track, was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, that one, I thought, I got, like, very... It kind of reminded me of almost, uh, like, uh, Daft Punk, who we listened mm-hmm. to last time. Yeah, like, it's really, like, kind of... It sounds like a toy piano. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Um... Let Forever Be, my favorite song on the record. That's the one with yeah. Noel Gallagher from Oasis. Undeniable. This song really reminded me of Tommy James' 1971 Dragon the Lion. <laughs> okay. Did you ever hear that one? We need to build like a Spotify playlist for like single yeah. reference. <laughs> we'll have, we'll, we should absolutely do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's one that's like... Um, Dragon the Lion. Dragon the Lion. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And it's got that... Uh, R.E.M. actually covered it for Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me <laughs> in 1999 same album same year as this album it also reminded me of like The Verb uh, with the way like The Verb's um, like uh, Bittersweet Symphony oh, of course A Verb uh, yeah ver- sorry Sipping Mimos Sipping Mimos not the herb that's <laughs> that's <laughs> my weed magazine that's your weed magazine <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I just uh, I loved it I thought um I like in the there was back in two thousand nine two thousand eight there was like a um, like a movement like a electronica movement with bands a lot of bands from Texas like Play Radio Play this, uh, they're from Dallas Fort Worth area and then also from that area they were called um, Secret Handshake hmm. and they were electronica synth, a lot of synthesizers and I, I've always I've always loved the synth so hearing hearing that in in this record. This album like really really connected me so fantastic. Yeah, I actually hearted a bunch of songs from this record from my library and Spotify. Fantastic, excellent excellent recommendation. Awesome, dude. Um, so let let forever be was a, a huge hit, uh, you know, especially overseas, of course. But um, the other really big one on this album that blew up and they still the brothers still play all the time is Hey Boy Hey Girl. Hey boy, hey girl, superstar DJs. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> How about that? Okay, so like, uh, it's basically there. Are you ready? Yeah, it's there. <laughs> Here we go. Like, like, boom. Like they open uh, their shows with it often. Have you ever opened with that one on one of your shows? You know what? No, I don't think I have because it's not my favorite on the album. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, okay, I get it. Superstar DJ. Here we go. Uh, uh, yeah, it just kind of it doesn't really blow my skirt up, but it's a huge, huge jam of theirs for sure. I loved it. Awesome. And I would 100% recommend this one to a friend, and even I'm definitely going to revisit it. Awesome, awesome. Too. Oh boy, you should check out their other stuff as well. Because like, this is their third, like, so 
Exit Planet Dust was their original, their first original, their first one, but often with these production duos, it's like a collection of jams that they had been playing for years, and then and then they went to the studio and made Dig Your Own Hole, which became huge with block rock and beats, and like uh, there's a bunch of other stuff on there. There's a song called Private Psychedelic Real that's just bonkers. Um, and then this one came out, and it's like uh, easy on the ears. It's radio friendly, and man, oh man, some of the songs are just off the hook. How influential was like um, this like UK, um, like the, like European like electronic um, dance music? How influential was that on American music? Would you say? Hmm. Um, there was a boom in the late '90s when uh, they started importing all this stuff, and. That it was, you know, while all this new metal stuff was going on and being played on the radio, it was it would be weird to, you know, hear Sunshine Underground right after Blind from Corn on on the radio, because some of these tracks are like seven minutes long. They're not, you know, it's not always friendly. Um, but uh, so they found other ways to, like, the record labels found other ways to get the music out there, not necessarily in the radio. So they turned to a lot of movies, um, like Fatboy Slim came out with, um, uh, uh, oh boy, his whatever. You've come a long way, baby. Oh yeah. So like they had like Praise You on it. I'm sure you might have heard. Um, Do I got this tattoo? That's why. <laughs> that's, that's why I got my tattoo. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so they would put it in a lot of um, a lot of you know movies, and then uh, a lot of car commercials. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of commercials, like every song on that <clears throat> that Fatboy Slim album, every song on Moby's Play was just in commercials all the time. I remember Moby's Play everywhere. Sure, it was huge, but like you don't they didn't play it on the radio. Like you didn't hear porcelain on the radio, but they so they would do stuff like. He re-recorded Southside with Gwen Stefani, and so now they can play that on the radio because Gwen Stefani's on it. It's a weird, weird thing. They're just trying to sell it to the American public that didn't really have a trained ear for this kind of thing. Yeah, but overseas, it's it's totally normal to hear this stuff all over the place. I heard uh, I I heard a lot of like stuff on like Madonna's like Ray of Light. Yeah, on this uh, from this record too. Well, the Madonna thing. <laughs> she was. She got. Well, I think she was very much influenced over like the club culture th- vibe, and then she kind of, uh, let's say, adopted it um, with mixed results. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to hear Madonna pop up on a Chemical Brothers album, yeah. just because it's you know frowned upon. <laughs> There's a weird thing in like electronic music, especially where it's like this is our music. Yeah. Less so with Chemical Brothers, they seem like nice dudes and they're not like entrenched in a culture necessarily. But like in a techno world, oh boy. Yeah. Like De- Detroit, you'll get your ass kicked if like you fuck something up. Like in drum and bass, like I'm a drum and bass DJ. When Dubstep came out, all the drum and bass guys were like, "Fuck this!" It's just they're just taking our sounds and and removing half the tempo and half the beats so it's boring and stupid yeah <laughs> it's a real you know pride thing and it's kind of because uh, they don't want it to change and they don't want it to um, leave this subculture that they feel so comfortable in yeah but bands like Chemical Brothers came out there and everyone can everyone can dig on it so yeah 
So, uh, final thoughts on Surrender? Uh, it's one of my favorite albums. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. It's a, a real, you know, really takes them on a journey. They really know how to sequence. I'm a big, uh, I'm really into sequencing albums. Like, so we, here we have our killer opening track. We're gonna introduce everyone to this new sound. You'll notice, like, uh, music response, it starts really small, and then it seems to kind of explode, like, into st- like this stereo sound, because they're kind of showing off, like, okay, we're starting really simple, but look what we can do. And then the album just goes on this amazing journey with all these you know, guest vocalists and guitars and all this amazing stuff. And uh, it is one of my faves of all time. Well, I'm, AOT. One well, AOT. <laughs> wait, OAT. OAT. Did I say AOT earlier? I think you did. Shit. <laughs> Sipping mimos. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> well, I'm I'm grateful that you recommend this one because I would awesome. have never I would have never expected to connect to it the way I did. Fantastic! I'm so I'm so jazzed you liked it. Awesome, awesome, yeah. So what do we got for next week? Okay, well you're 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 chomping at the bit as they say. Why don't you go? Right. What do you got? What's my assignment? So wait, wait. Someone's at the door. Hang on. Is it Adam Driver? No, I can't possibly be. Adam Driver's here. <laughs> I said, have a seat, have a seat. Well, oh, he doesn't want to be on mic. Wait, uh, no. Are you, are you, do you want to meet my man? No? Okay. Adam Driver's refusing to speak to us. He doesn't right want to. I think he's, he's kind of, he, he didn't listen to the albums. I think that's what it was. So he's, oh, he's embarrassed. Okay. It's, it's, cool. it's cool. You look like shit, Adam. <laughs> I, I, He's up for an Oscar. He, I mean, you, you're up for an Oscar. I, I'm, I don't know. I was incredibly moved by your performance, and I, I am rooting for you tomorrow, my friend. Was that? <laughs> okay, okay. You want us to introduce next week's albums oh, so okay. that way you can listen to them and, and call in again. Okay. You want us to wrap it up so we can all hang? Okay. Okay, cool. Right, let's see. So, um, for <laughs> Ellie and Adam... Yeah. Um, what are we going to make Adam listen to? We are going to make... <laughs> Uh, we have... Let's see. You've got it already in your head, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to like kind of go off of yours, but go ahead. So, um, I, one thing I forgot to mention earlier uh, was uh, one of Korn's former tour mates was Sugar Ray. Uh, Sugar Ray started off as kind of like a, no. a metal kind of band. <laughs> Jake. Um, Wait. <laughs> oh no. So. Oh no. You. T- <laughs> so this week we listened to oh. an album from '99. Um, oh. And so next week for me, I'm picking an album from '99 as well. We are going to listen to Sugar Ray's. <laughs> oh my god. 1999 release, 1459. That's the one with every morning and someday. Are you cool with that? Yeah, I'm super cool with it. Oh, is Adam? Oh, is Adam. Adam is nodding in approval. Okay. All right. <sighs> what you got, dude? Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> this isn't meant to be a chore. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just bitching. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. You know what? I'm going to make you listen to uh, an album that is um, very much a part of my heart. Uh has a special place. Okay. 
um, I think it's 94. Um, and I didn't, yeah, 1994, an album called Music for the Jilted Generation came out. And it is the second album by a band called The Prodigy. Ooh! Yes. Here we go. So, it's an amazing album. It's weird. That album artwork is terrifying, bro. It's kind of scary. Well, Corn self-titled album art is pretty rough. This is true. We just kind of switched themes. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. All right, I love that. I gave you a happy album, and then you give me a bummer, and then it's not over. We're going to switch. This one's not... It's not a bummer by any means, but, oh. Songs to look out for are Voodoo People, which is amazing. Poison is amazing. And then... Well, I don't want to spoil anything, but the last three albums are... Uh, our last three tracks on the album are kind of part of a one piece, and it's really fantastic. Gentle listeners, Elliot is rock hard, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like bumping into the It t- is very uncomfortable <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, Adam's weirded out. Adam, oh, Adam come on. Oh, don't. Adam, Adam come on. Oh, we're, we're driving him away. Oh, Adam, don't. Oh, fuck. God damn it. He'll Adam come. Driver has left the studio. He'll come back. Studio. He'll be back. We'll, we'll, we'll catch him. We'll get him on the show. <laughs> He's so quiet. Uh, <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening yes. to this week's installment of Sippin' Mimos. Hope you enjoyed uh, listening to some corn and some chemical brothers. Yeah. So next week is Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray. And The Prodigy. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be very... Okay. Cool. All right. Uh... <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening, and uh, see you next time. See ya.